Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Business of Fun podcast. I'm your host, Dave Wakeman. Today's episode is brought to you by my friends at Booking Protect, the global leaders in refund protection. Any listing, any sector, anywhere, Booking Protect has you covered with the world's most comprehensive refund protection product. To find out how you can partner with Booking Protect to give your customers a better buying experience, more peace of mind in their purchases, and how you and your organization can use your partnership to create a new stream of revenue for you and your organization, visit www.bookingprotect.com. Once again, that's www.bookingprotect.com. Also, I'd like to mention, while you're visiting the the bookingprotect.com website, do not sleep on the blog. Got a lot of great stuff on the blog right now. Uh, a ebook about customer service. We have a new ebook coming out in a couple weeks. We are about to start doing some webinars. There's a bunch of content about managing data, using data more effectively, um, creating opportunities to grow your sales, all kinds of really great stuff that will help you uh, utilize both your partnership with Booking Protect and offer you resources to help you grow your business. So once again, make sure you're visiting bookingprotect.com every day. There's going to be something new there, something exciting. My guest today is a guy called Charles Davis from Tailgate House, which is a really, really cool organization. Now, Charles was introduced to me a couple months back by a common uh, friend uh, that we have in common, a guy called Corey Gibbs, who Corey's been on the podcast numerous times. Uh, Corey said, you got to talk to Charles. So I did. And I really dig what they're up to. Um, if you go to the Tailgate House website, you're going to find out that they are kind of the premier organization in the country about taking and creating experiential marketing experiences for um, right now it's a lot of college football. But they've uh, just recently, since we've done the podcast, uh, they did some horse racing. They've done. Uh, they have the capability to do baseball, uh, basketball, uh, anything. It's a really cool thing where they take uh, shipping containers and turn them into uh, luxury event spaces. And so we talked about a whole lot of stuff on here. Um, we talked about uh, brand activation. We talked about marketing. We talked about um, identifying opportunities. We talked about helping grow fans, getting people off their couch. Uh, We talked about a whole lot of stuff. So here's my conversation with Charles Davis on the Business of Fun. I want to welcome my friend Charles Davis from Tailgate House to the Business of Fun podcast. Charles, man, what's up? Hey, Dave. How's it going? Oh, man, it's good. It's good. I'm I'm excited to have you on. Uh, I think more and more lately I've had Lots of people on the podcast with a University of Alabama connection. You fall into that category, uh, like Taryn Walk. Uh, you came, I met you through my friend Corey Gibbs, so I want to give uh, Corey a little shout out before we get started. Uh, but what, I, what is interesting about you and why I wanted to have you on to talk on the podcast was Tailgate House does some really cool stuff with shipping containers, right? Um, and experiential marketing at football and events all over the place. And I think the first time we talked, I talked a little bit about the experience I had with Yellowtail Wines uh, way back in the day, you know, uh, back probably when I don't even think I had any gray hair at that point. Uh, And it was like, I wish I had something as cool as what you have now. Can just so to give everybody like kind of an overview of what you are, who you are and what you do. Can you give us a little intro to what, what you're working on right now? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I'm excited to be on here. So I appreciate the invite. So um, my name is Charles Davis. I'm the founder and CEO of Tailgate House. And we're a sports experiential um, hospitality company focused on creating experiences and, and around sports and entertainment properties. So we um, have a very unique product that's a little bit different that than what's offered today with the typical tent, but it's um, a shipping container that we modify into a portable luxury suite. So we like to say that we brought the suite outside the stadium and um, have an interior kitchen, climate controlled, granite countertop, stainless steel appliances, outdoor lounge with furniture, and then a rooftop deck for up to 35 people to either overlook the track or um, the experience outside the event. Yeah, and it's a, it's like really cool because I know that I saw pictures of an event you did with Vineyard Vines, and it was like it's really cool. And it's um, I think it, as everybody struggles more and more to get people to get off their couches and come to the track or to the football stadium or the baseball game or whatever it is, things like this are really, really awesome. Um, and you know, especially with like the, all the facilities that you have available, it's just great. Um, I want to, I was kind of curious of, you know, in the couple years that you guys have been doing this thing, what are some of the uh, like best practices about creating an experience that you've learned, you know, and specifically how you're able to attract uh, demographics and people that might not necessarily always want to come out or that pe- the team, the leagues and the teams and the venues are having trouble getting into the building. Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, sorry, you were starting to break up there. I don't know if I'm having bad service on my end, but um Yes, yeah, so I know we um, we partnered with Vineyard Vines for the Alabama um, Mississippi State game last year, and um, and it's 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 we've been going for about a year and a half, so it's it's been it's been a fun, crazy roller coaster ride, and um, you know I think it's really good timing. We're here in Atlanta, and um, just had the College Football National Championship and um, Super Bowl recently, but with you know technology and and everybody, you know starting to, you know, want to stay at home and every property is having a hard time getting them there. I think, you know, we've kind of, we've brought the home to the tailgate and, um, it's just, it's, it's been a lot of fun and, um, really from the experience side, um, and working with the events, you know, it's, it's, it's all about customer service. And I think that's really, you know, what it comes down to for us and and our brand and, and reputation. It's, um, you know, what makes us stand out and, you know, we have a, a slogan and you always say, it's just show up. So for anybody that we're working with, we want to do everything possible so they don't have to have any worry or stress on game day and we'll take care of it for them. So it's really just about adding value um, for our guests. Yeah. You mentioned to the um, being in Atlanta and then doing some stuff with the college football national championship game. I know that we were talking about it and it was like a pretty big, it was a risky move too to like create this, um, I guess, I don't know if the term would be village at the college football national championship, but can you talk a little bit about the experience there? Yeah. So that was um, a different model. We're mostly focused on, um, smaller, more corporate hospitality or brand activations, 50 to 75 people. 
Um, but we found an acre of real estate and we were a part of these all inclusive large scale fan zones. Um, first one we ever did was Bama FSU and raised $215,000 for children's healthcare of Atlanta. And just seeing the success of that event, we, um, ended up 25 days before the national championship found this acre private real estate right outside of Mercedes Benz. And, um, we ended up throwing an all inclusive VIP, um, tailgate and watch party. And it's, it, it was, it was insane to put together. I would never, um, probably do that again but it, it was a great learning experience and we had to get everything from liquor license permits had to get the mayor to sign off on it and um just a lot to handle but um had over a thousand people that came out charged at the gate to get in kept it open during the game and turned it into a cash bar so i think everybody really just you know they want to be around the event and um with ticket prices just just being so high especially for the Bama Georgia game, they, um, they were able to come out and hang out with us right outside the stadium and, and be a part of that atmosphere. And let me ask, that's interesting that you said that. So let me ask you this too, because I know one of the things and where I see it, where your product fits into the market is there's a number of places. And what the one you said was really great is that people want to be a part of an event um, and even some pl- some ways and shapes and times, it doesn't even mean they have to go to the stadium. Might even might want to go into the stadium, right? They might want to still be able to walk around and hang out um, because if they if if only one of them's going into the game and they come with a group of a dozen, that might not be cool, you know. So and so that's a really um, great thing, um, you know, having that experience, opening, you know, having your eyes open to that, you know. How has that impacted the way you do your normal experiences when you work with in some kind of corporate hospitality or brand activation? Yeah, I think it's it's a really interesting piece. Um, And and I'll use Vineyard Vines, for example. They, uh, we threw a probably 250, 300 person tailgate for them for Bama Mississippi State right outside of Bryant-Denny Stadium behind the Walk of Champions. Literally, I think it's probably the best real estate that um, that you can find out there and try not to be biased because we are Alabama guys. But uh, I'm biased all the time. Be- People, they just sort of <laughs> expect it from me now. <laughs> Love it. But um, so it um, for that, we ended up, we got all the Vineyard Vines people. They came down, they flew in. We did a lot of just content creation throughout the whole weekend for them, but they wanted tickets to go to the game. So ended up getting them all tickets to go in and their main guys ended up deciding not to go in the game. They they wanted to stay at our tailgate. And um, it's, it's really what we've created. We keep seeing that more and more that people would rather stay at our tailgate and at least, you know, hang out with their friends and not have to get separated once they go inside the event. And I think, you know, it, it kind of expands the footprint of the stadium. If you can you know, keep them involved with all of the game day activities, but then also, um, you know, it extends game day more than the four hours. So a lot of pregame, you know, during the game and then postgame opportunities as well. 
Yeah, I think it, it, the way you put it too, where it expands the footprint, of, you know, and and the time frame of the game is very interesting because the thing is, is if you make it a party right around the stadium, and you know, we're, we're Alabama guys, they do they do it fantastically, right? Like just the same as if you maybe went to Ole Miss, right? There's a there's a history of doing that, making it being a big event, but I think it's a lesson that a lot of people can learn from because. I th- the thing is, is that if you're able to just throw big parties, right? Let's say you, you know, you have four or five of these going on, you know, different parties and brand activations that draw an extra two thousand people. Some of them are going to go, some of them are not going to go, but it might draw more people in because there's going to be like TV showing games around. There's going to be a party atmosphere. There's going to be a community aspect. It's going to be fun. It's going to be doing all of these things, and I think it's like a real. Um, opportunity to help drive attendance into the stadiums um because like you know maybe somebody's wandering around like one shoot maybe i do want to go into the game and then they have a fun time at the game and i think that really might be and um, the question i'm going to ask is like what do you think about this but maybe that's really an opportunity to drive attendance um i I know we've talked about how people have hung out outside but have you seen cases where the people who are hanging out outside you know maybe dump their tickets on the people and it gets people in where they might not have gone in before which helps the experience both inside and outside the stadium. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's definitely interesting. And um, I, I see it all the time. So I, I think, it, you know, that it, that combination and, you know, even back to our national championship, we ended up, we did a big raffle to, um, to get into the game. So thanks to um, Corey with Ticket Solutions, he um, helped us out with some tickets and ended up, you know, giving those away to two of our guests that came out to our tailgate. So, you know, these, these, everybody that came really, that I mean, not everybody, but probably half of them, they weren't going to pay that $1,500 a ticket to get in the gate. But just having that opportunity to possibly win tickets and you're going to be down there anyways, I, I think there's a lot that you can do with that. Yeah, I, I know an event, and as you were talking about Atlanta and being there too, I was thinking about things that I've done where something like this would just add to the experience. Um, and an event that's like, it's his first year at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. But I was like, like a village like that outside of Hard Rock Stadium would be great, right? Because it is, um, you know, it just creates more of a, a commute. I mean, I keep laying on this word too much maybe, but community, right? And it's like a chance for people to connect and hang out and have fun, right? Because not everybody's going to want to go into the stadium the whole time. Um, I mean, that's a bad – That the example of Hard Rock Stadium is a bad one because the place is beautiful and they've like really done a great job of upgrading their food and beverage program. But there's a lot of times where people just – you know, they just want to hang out a little more casual thing and like, you know, as soon as they go to the, into the stadium, maybe they have a different way of approaching it. And it just seems like a great opportunity to engage people. Um, and to connect them and to like, you know, it's just build a community around the event, which I think is often missing. Yeah. And, and absolutely, you know, at first I think we thought it was more going to, you know, what we're building is going to be more built on convenience, but it, you know, it's, it's really turned into community and, um, you know, bringing everybody together on game day and, really, um, you know, tying in different charities to the event and, and getting everybody involved. Um, it's, it's been a lot of fun. 
Yeah. Um, and, well, let me ask you this, too, because, you know, one of the things we we kind of bonded over and talked about a lot when we first t- started talking was the, you know, was the experiential aspect and, and really how it was a driver for marketing. Right. And with the rise of maybe influencer marketing and things of that nature, um, I don't know if experiential marketing uh, either gets the respect that it deserves, um, isn't considered as vital a part of the marketing mix as it should be, um, or people just, you know, maybe they're missing an opportunity here. From your experience, like over the last couple of years, you know, how, you know, how have you seen brands integrate uh, these experiences and these brand activations into their larger marketing uh, mix? You know, especially when what you're doing is like you're throwing a party more than you have like some kind of influencer. Yeah, so no, that's a good question, and I think you know, really, I mean, it's back to timing and and everything going on. It's 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 all about experiences, and I think you know we have enough data now to to back that up, and that's you know the direction that's probably going to continue heading into. So I think there's a, a lot one that you can do with the experience and the content that you can create out of your event and um you know just being able to to offer something different to you know your clients or your guests and um something that you, you can't buy so you, you know can't put money on the on what we're what created and um so yeah, i think there's just you know really one we're helping brands stand out and connect to fans and, um, you know, their specific audience on game day, but, you know, help them get in front of it and it's different than the typical tent that you're seeing. So, but it also, you know, brings their client into a different type of space and kind of elevates that premium experience. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, just with, social content and everything that you can do before and after the event. And I think, you know, people just think, you know, it's four hours. This is all I'm getting out of it. But I think you really have to, you know, look at the the value and get a little bit creative, you know, how you can, you know, market the event before and, um, you know, continue that after. Well, I, I think it would really be like before, during and after, right? Because, I mean, you, you exactly. talked a lot about content here, and, and I'm, I'm curious to what kind of content you're, you're able to create. Um, but, you know, it, it would seem that, like, if you're, do, if you're thoughtful about it and you do it well, then you have the opportunity to, cont- to create content, you know, at all three le- parts of the journey, right, before, during, and after. And it, and it should be, like, they all should build off of each other. Um, so you, you mentioned a, a few times, but what kind of content do you guys create? Yeah, so, um, you know, most of it is it's videographers and photographers coming out and, um, you know, capturing the experience. But we've even, um, you know, before the event, we did a huge um, photo shoot modeling session, which I had no idea we were going to be a part of, um, and got them inside of Bryant Denny. We we toured that and, and did a whole huge shoot for them so i think it's it's really capturing that that social media content and um you know showing them 
a return on their investment, um, just in getting creative with what we can do with our product and then also just within the footprint that we have. And as far as um, connecting to their audience, right, and offering people a premium experience, um, you know, one of the things that I like to focus on is, you know, I understand part of it's brand building, right, which is going to be sometimes difficult to measure in the short term, right? Because you have, if you're a, any brand, not just a big brand, but any brand, there needs to be a certain amount of long-term brand building. Um, but in the case of these events, like you're throwing and putting together, um, in the short term, like call to actions and like um, immediate return on investment, you know, what kind of stuff are you seeing from your partners? I Dave, you there? I am. I am. Can you? Okay, sorry. Oh, you broke. Can you broke up a little bit? Can you oh, repeat that? Yeah, let me make me more. So seventeen fifty five, seventeen forty five. Okay, let me let me ask you this question then, because you talked about um, connection and you talked about uh, brand activation and you talked about all these things, and I know that in some ways, brand or in a lot in most ways, all organizations have to do some sort of brand building. Right, long-term brand building that doesn't necessarily have an immediate return on investment. Um, looking at what you guys have been doing, it seems like some of it maybe plays into the fact that um, there might be some sort of short-term call to action. And from your experience with your partners, what have you seen as far as like short-term calls to actions or, or short-term like return on engagements? I mean, re- return on investment. Sorry. Yes, I think um, just within the event, um, you know, there's different call to actions that we help create for them. So either, you know, that could be a a sign up, a a giveaway, you know, subscribe here, win this, um, win that, just get them involved in in front of, of their product and, you know, comes down to helping them make more money. So, I think there's a lot of different ways that you can do that. And, um, you know, just getting them and continuing the, uh, the sales process and, and finding new customers for them. Okay. So, so and it depends on, it's obvious. I mean, it always depends on who the customer, the client is and what their, their goals are, but you, it, working with you, it's not just a, um, how do I want to put it? That's it, um, it doesn't seem dismissive. It, like it's not like just a feel good thing. There, there's real uh, impact that that comes into play, right? So, like depending on who it is, there is stuff that's going to actually drive a either tangible or intangible benefit for uh, VIP clients, or if you're doing more of a direct consumer kind of thing. Uh, more consumer engagement and call the actions that will make sure that you get uh, closer to the goals you're trying to achieve. Or did I, am I missing? Am I missing that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you, you nailed it on the head, and it's, it's kind of you know hard for me to say because working with different clients at different events, they obviously have you know different goals and um, and laying that out, but. Yeah, I think you nailed it on the head. Okay, no, that, I mean it's good because I know that one of the, you know, the, when I talk to people about events or I talk to people about any kind of marketing thing, it's uh, it's easy to get lost in things that you can measure 
or that you, or you can't measure that are meaningless though, but they make you feel good. You know, it's like, you know, people throw around like clicks and impressions, engagement, all these things that mean absolutely nothing if they're not attached to something meaningful. You know, so that's, that's where, that's where I'm always looking for is like, well, what's going to be a meaningful uh, return for people? Because if not, you know, they might buy this, buy an event once, but you know, they're not going to buy an event twice. And that's what, you know, again, that's sort of why I was like really excited about what you guys are doing because when we did these, um, I think it was 36 games with Yellowtail all over the country, you could measure the impact of them because it was like you would see all of a sudden you would see Yellowtail popping up in places that had never popped up in before, like Costco or, uh, you know, large grocery stores, you know, because people wanted it and they were asking for it. And that was like specifically related to these football, the experiential uh parties at football games and you know and and so i understand that the return on investment can be direct and real and it's just a matter of you know setting expectations and making sure people understand exactly what they're hoping to achieve i mean you know and that and that's kind of why i was asking the question like that yeah no absolutely and you know before i even met you i was um you know very familiar with the yellow tail tailgating tours that they put on and then followed that very closely. So, and, and that was really before I even got into the industry. So I just, I think it really helped them stand out and, you know, you brought wine to tailgaters, which has never really been done before. Right. That's exactly so, right. Um, yeah. Like I said, though, as well, way before I had a great many, so many gray hairs. <laughs> <laughs> So, 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 where are you guys focusing your attention now? What's you know, what are you guys uh, looking to do um, as we're in the spring? I guess it is now, um, but heading into the summer and the fall, because I know like the the, the summer uh, the summer and the fall would be like spring, summer, and fall are kind of like your big your big time of year. Yeah, absolutely. So, so mainly in the fall, we uh, we started a year and a half ago at Bam FSU and. Um, Started with one shipping container that my dad bought me for my 25th birthday and found sponsors to give us $60,000 worth of free product put into that prototype. And we bootstrapped it for over a year now have some capital behind us. And, um, you know, we're excited to scale a little bit. So we bootstrapped and built a couple more throughout that process. And, um, we'll have at least eight containers by the end of June. So, we're definitely going to be uh, very busy, but uh, it's mostly we're trying to make it more of a year-round business. There's there's so much to do in the fall with different events, and we partnered with Keeneland Racecourse last October. So being up there around football season, um, you know, just extending that into NASCAR horse racing, concerts, festivals, um, and you know, baseball as well. So different opportunities but um main focus for us is um is partnering with the sports property and and helping them monetize underutilized real estate so really to add value for them to give them additional inventory to monetize and uh additional real estate as well yeah no i, I mean i think the, the more and more as people's attention is going to be um, challenged, right? Because the, there's no shortage of people demanding our attention, right? I mean, God, 
forbid we're putting we're doing a podcast here that's uh, going to asking people to spend thirty minutes listening to us. Um, you know, I, I think stuff like this that can you know add another level of value to the external experience, right? The getting out of the house, getting off your phone, doing all these things is going to be tremendously valuable. And, and you know, and I dig it, right? And um, and, and I think it's like for schools. It can be a valuable tool to help cultivate donors, um, to help uh, you know move people up the value chain from you know maybe smaller donations to larger donations over time. Uh, it can be a way, like a really cool way to build an event that's going to um, reward donors at certain levels. Um, you know, it can be like maybe you're limited in the amount of uh, redevelopment you can do in your building or the renovations you can do. I mean, again. It's very cost effective to do all kinds of stuff here, you know, and the same plays out for um, any kind of big baseball, basketball, football, hockey, horse, all these events. I mean, you know, I think these things could really be a key part in improving and expanding and, um, you know, helping elevate the live experience. But, you know, I'm I'm big on the live experience and, and building that sense of community. So, you know, but that's just me. You know, what do, what do I know? Um, <laughs> Charles, how can people find you guys on the internet? So um, they can go to our website. It's tailgatehouse.com. Absolutely. And um, they can contact us there. They can go to our social media. It's um, tailgate underscore house. I believe is our Instagram. Everything else is just at tailgate house. Um, so, but feel free to reach out. My email is Charles at tailgate house or, um, just contact info at tailgate house and, and we'd love to talk and find a way to, to work together. Well, awesome. Hey, Charles, thank you so much for doing the podcast, man. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you having me on here and roll tide. <laughs> absolutely. I, and I realize I should have been saying, Hey y'all or how y'all doing the whole time, but I, but I totally <laughs> screwed up. <laughs> Once again, I want to thank my guest, Charles Davis from Tailgate House, for taking the time to talk to me on the podcast. As always, you can find out what I'm up to by visiting my website. It is www.davewakeman.com. I'd love it if you connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, You can find me on Twitter. That's at David Wakeman. Um, As always, I love to get your feedback. So send me an email. It's dave at davewakeman.com. Also, I'll let you know. If you are involved in the primary or secondary market, which I guess is pretty much everybody that's listening to this podcast in some way, shape, or form, I'm going to be doing two events in D.C. in June, June 10th and 12th, to around the FTC's online ticket sales workshop. To find out more information about these events, that will include like strategy session, messaging session, uh, takeaways, action items, networking, um, all kinds of great stuff, send me an email, dave at davewakeman.com, and I will get you all the information for all the different events. If you like what's going on with the podcast, this is almost the one-year anniversary of the podcast. I'd love it if you'd subscribe. Visit, go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, go to SoundCloud. Uh, check out all these places where the podcast is. Um, share it with one person like the podcast, subscribe to it, or leave a review. All of this stuff adds up. All of it helps. All of it ensures that I continue to deliver great content, really cool guests, and I get a chance to speak into your earbuds all the time. 
So make sure you do that to me. That would mean a lot. Finally, I want to thank my friends at Booking Protect for being partners of the Business of Fun podcast. Um, make sure that you go to their website, www.bookingprotect.com, to find out how you can help give your customers just a better, more personalized, uh, more relevant buying experience. Um, learn how you can put the premier customer service platform in the world of tickets to use for your organization. And make sure you dig into some of that great content that we continue to put up there uh, every day, weekly. Just tons and tons of new stuff's going up there. And you'll find all of that at www.bookingprotect.com. Until next time, thank you so much for listening, and I hope I'll see you again soon. Take it easy.